can learn to be a man Growing up with a cane pole in his hand Like a fool to dream sitting down by the street But leads him to the corpus play Give him a shotgun to please his mind Give them quail a few reasons to fly Living in the city just ain't for me I want to go back to the country Take me to Texas I want to go down that open road And Take me to Texas I want to see how far this country goes And Take me to Texas I want to go down that open road and Take me to Texas I want to see how far this country goes Fill up your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. All right, welcome to the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home. Every Sunday morning live on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network or 24-7, 365 as a live recorded podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can just follow us at uh, theoutdoorzone.com. You can go there and get the links to all our social media and everything that we're doing. You can track Cody all around the country. Uh, you can track Beefsteak as he begins to dismantle his home and live off off the grid in the middle of his neighborhood oh yeah uh my name is tj graney in the bunkhouse with me is cody ryan oh oh yeah oh yeah and beefsteak <laughs> where's the beef where's there it is. beef there he is and uh we're super excited to today this morning uh we've got one of our friends with us in the bunkhouse and dan cabela uh recognized the name from the family uh um I, business I, iconic from, business from years and years and years and uh but dan's got a show that's come out um and i guess it's i guess it's really started are you going into season two danny or are you is this season one just finishing up well good morning everybody i'm, I'm happy to be here um season one the, the name of the show is hard truths of conservation and uh, season one has just finished. It, it can still be streamed on uh, History Channel uh, streaming platform. But uh, season two will launch in February. So we, uh, so Dan Cabela uh, family has been involved in uh, the outdoor industry and conservation for years. And um, and Dan stepped into uh, the question. The first question, Dan, is about hard truths of conservation is what of all after all these years hunting hunting around the world doing all in the outdoors that you've done what sparked this desire or this need to do hard truths the show hard truths well i think the need is, is something that a lot of folks in our community is, have been working on uh for several years and that's that's trying to actually communicate to a broader audience what exactly um this lifestyle is all about you know outside of the harvesting of animals what does that actually mean what does that mean to local communities and people and the wildlife and preserving large ecosystems as a bona fide land use that that works well in, in those conditions so what we've tried to do is take a a route that actually um, points some of these things out in a very subtle manner uh, to to an audience that is different than than we've been able to reach in the past, and kind of let them make their own mind up. Uh, we we don't force that message; we just throw it out there and try to get people to think about it. Really, well, and I I love you know we you hear a you hear a a, a lot about africa and conservation there and um i love that you did a, a, one of your episodes was on the bison which is something that um that i just have a real 
passion for conservation in the u.s as well and that we have to pay attention to it and i thought that was a the bison was a killer um a killer choice for you guys what tell us a little bit about that episode so so the bison episode was actually the pilot episode for for the whole series and that and it's actually the episode that got us the uh contract with history channel um and basically with the bison uh, what what we looked at is is you know uh, an american icon that that through misuse and non regulations was basically almost eliminated uh, from north america and uh, we took a look at at historically how that animal has has been brought back and and the the different practices that have kind of brought it back from the brink uh, and um you know, obviously some of the hunting is one of those, um, but, but, um, the raising of livestock and the ranching industry has had an enormous impact, uh, as using bison as a food source, uh, as a very high protein, natural food source, uh, for many Americans. And, and so we focused a lot on those two aspects. Um, I think it is an unbelievable story. Uh, you, you know, we're never going to get back to 30 million bison. That's impossible. But but the fact that we're we have about a half a million now is is incredible, considering at one point we had probably less than 50. It, it's one of those stories that just um, it just uh, is mind boggling. But it's the conservation story that we talk about on the show all the time is um, we talk about some of the anti hunting groups and some of those um, organizations that throw up banners and do put their feet in concrete but the conservation groups you know the rocky mountain elk foundations wild turkey federations and and there's organizations like that around the country that are doing things exactly like that they're taking taking you know and so tell us a little bit about what you're doing around the world what are some of the other shows and some of the um, topics that you're hitting on on the other shows let's see um so season two um we, we, we take a look. I know we look at bighorn sheep. Um, there's an episode where we go down to, to, to Mexico and, uh, we do a couple of trips where we look at, uh, you know, tropical whitetail and, and, uh, and the impacts of, uh, agriculture on, on that species and poaching. Um, we, uh, what, what are some of the other ones? Well, um, I know you did, didn't you do in season one, didn't you do one on leopards? We did. Yep. Yeah, we did a uh, human wildlife conflict. Uh, it was, was mostly what that, uh, episode focused on. Um, that, that was a pretty fun episode. We, we filmed half of it in Tanzania and the other half in Mozambique. Um, and Mozambique was pretty interesting because I participated in, in actually darting and collaring, uh, a leopard for, you know, so we could study movements and behavioral patterns and population densities and, that's something I had never done. So that, that was, uh, that was quite exciting and quite fun actually. <laughs> well, and I think it, and one of the things that you guys talk about and, and that people don't, you know, really consider a lot of times is how a lot of these animals affect, uh, you know, when they're overpopulated or they're, uh, they're, they move into an area where it's, you know, a populated area, how they, you know, these people are trying to, grow a small farm to keep their family alive then you'll get elephant come through there you'll get leopards come through there and 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 wipe out the livestock i mean there's some real this is true conservation that you're talking about and what do we do how do we how do we manage this around the world and uh and i just think i'm so glad that you're putting it in in, in a place where we can look at it where you can see it Sure. Yeah. So, so specifically, uh, when you're dealing with, I think, marginal land, such as, uh, places in Africa, I think it's very easy for somebody sitting in their kitchen in Austin, Texas to say that, you know, uh, well, they, the, you know, the Maasai, uh, people should not be, uh, uh, killing leopards or poisoning leopards. Uh, but, 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 but what a lot of folks don't understand is the leopard is a direct threat to their livelihood. Um, they're pastoralists that 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 uh, 
their value that all of their life's value is put in their livestock. So, so, so they, they see it, they don't see a leopard like we do. They see a leopard, like we see a coyote basically. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a detriment to their livelihood. And, and when you look at, um, you know, people in what I would call marginal lands, if there is not a benefit to having wildlife around, it won't exist there. I mean, Communities have to benefit from their wildlife in places where survival is difficult. If they don't benefit from their wildlife, the wildlife is going to go away. I mean, it really is that simple. And we've well, seen it, that here in the state of Texas. We've seen that just with when uh, some of the exotics that we've brought over have a value in Texas to either hunt or harvest, uh, you know, and then when they take and put them on and back on an endangered list and they have no value hunting value or, or, or any value to, to raise them and grow them, then, uh, you know, then they, they're not as attractive and what's the point of, of growing that. So I, I mean, I, does that make sense where if they have a value to some sort that, you know, that they're, it's a lot more attractive to be able to, uh, to grow that species if they have some, some sort of value. Right. Absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, a hard truth, which a lot of people don't like to, to, uh, listen to some of these hard truths, but a hard truth is, is an animal that has no value to humans has no future. Right. Hmm. Right. So how have you had any pushback from the, the anti hunting crowd or the, um, it's a bold, it's a bold place to step into and, um, and they have a pretty loud voice if they decide they don't like you. Well, maybe they're still making their mind up because <laughs> it hasn't been too bad yet. I think it's been received fairly well. I, I mean, you always get a few outliers that, 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 that cause problems, but once again, we've put the show, we've created the show in a way that it's not controversial. I mean, uh, I, I'm not saying there's not controversy embedded in some of these topics. There is for sure, but we've tried to present it in a way for, for, for people to make their own mind up about things and, and just presented facts and, and, uh, and tried to do it in a, a highly entertaining and cinematic way. Yeah. And it, and it is that absolutely. It's not Rick and Bubba's, uh, you know, deer hunting, hog slaying, uh, television show and and uh and you can catch plenty of that on youtube and i got no problems with it you know with that that in the right place um but this does talk about some deep deep hard uh truths and conservation and some of the things that we uh, that we need to be paying attention to and and i and we talk about it on the show all the time we we talk about how uh how good the hunter and the outdoor guy do and how well how well it's you know, gone with, and mostly we talk about the States cause I'm not as familiar with populations over in, uh, in Africa and other places, but you know, just how we, you know, the hunter and the outdoorsman's brought back the wild Turkey populations. And, and obviously now you're talking about the bison and, um, and that conservation dollars spent in the right place can, can make a difference. And, uh, so what was your, what was your favorite episode that you did? uh, that really got you excited. Cause I know there's a lot of work that goes into doing these TV shows. And at the level you're doing them for the history channel, there is a lot of work that goes into doing that. Yeah. I would have to say that, that, um, it just being completely honest, uh, I'm, I, I maybe didn't realize how much work there was actually involved in putting these shows together. It's, it's been, it's been eye opening for sure. Uh, and, and my level of involvement, um, you know, I guess in the beginning I thought, you know, we go out and shoot these shows and, and, and talk a little bit and do some VO and, and, and that's kind of the beginning and the end for me. Well, that's not at all the way it is. It's, 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 it's very different than that. And, um, and you know, I've, I'm involved from, from, from the writing of the scripts down to the storytelling and, and every aspect, which I enjoy, but I, I, I'm just saying, I did not realize it was going to be that way. As far as my favorite episode, I, I really enjoyed them all. Um, I would say my favorite episode from season one was, was probably the community Buffalo one where we harvested, um, a Cape Buffalo and distributed the meat, 
uh, out to the community and looked at the different uh, uh, conservation uh, practices and community benefit uh, that happens in Katata 11, Mozambique, which, you know, I've spent a lot of time there, obviously, with our lion project. But uh, I, I think that was probably my favorite one if I had to pick one. But but I enjoyed doing them all. I think they're very diverse and 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 it's been a lot of fun. You know, I, you know, this is a journey for me as well. You know, I don't go into all these episodes knowing the outcome or, or knowing all the information. So I'm learning right alongside with the audience. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, yeah. When, when we were doing our TV show years ago, we were doing it on local television, doing 26 episodes a year. That was just brutal. The beauty about what you're doing though, is you're creating a, a, a kind of a set of tools that can be used long-term. I mean, these can be used for a long time and, and they can be accessed by a classroom, by a conservation group. There's a lot of, there's a lot of use that can come from these tools that you're creating and, uh, and super grateful that you, that you're doing this for us, the community, you know, the outdoor community and the, and the, and the heritage that, uh, that we don't want to lose. I mean the the outdoors is something that it, it, there's times and you know we're we're highly invested in the next generation of outdoors men and women and these are the kind of things that are going to make that possible for our kids and our grandkids uh, is facing these things and stepping into them and doing the hard part of it and what you're doing uh, you know we we champion that with you and uh, appreciate you doing those hard things and making these shows and episodes happen because it, it, somebody's got to do this stuff. Somebody's got to do the hard work. We got to train up the next generation. We got to make the true conservation, uh, story. We, we got to make it real. We got to make it truthful and we got to get it out there to people. If you had one takeaway from all this, if you had something you wanted people to take away from watching your shows or to go watch the shows and, uh, and the takeaway you hope that they get from that, what would that be? I would say j just consider, um, uh, you know, some of the conservation uh, factors that, that we point out. Um, I mean, I mean for, first of all, I, I don't think you have to be a hunter or agree with hunting to believe that, that, that wildlife needs to be protected and, and, and possibly we can show people that hunting is a very good land use, a very good conservation tool to accomplish that. Uh, the, the one thing that, that different, differentiates hunting from, from a lot of, of, of other land uses is its ability to keep large tracts of land intact and, and ecosystems intact because it serves as a land use that does not interrupt the ecosystem. It actually has very low impact on the ecosystem and actually benefits it in a positive way. So I, I, th I think that's one of the main messages that I would just like for, for the, the non-hunters and those that haven't made their mind up, just to consider how valuable that is. I, I, I mean, when you look at wildlife, lots of species, it's not necessarily, you know, take lions, for instance. It's not necessarily that, that, that we're running out of lions. It's really that we're running out of lion habitat. I mean, that's the problem. So you've got this uh, incredible population explosion occurring across the entire globe and 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 very uh, accelerated in in marginal lands um so hunting serves as a way to keep places and reserves uh intact for these key species like lions and leopards and cheetahs and elephants and and even our elk and 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 other things like that with our national parks and the groups you spoke about that are buying up private land and and utilizing that land uh, for the propagation of our own native species. So I think at the end of the day, uh, if I broke it down as simple as I can, um, I, I would just like for, for people who don't hunt to consider what would happen to wildlife if we didn't have hunting? What would happen to natural food sources what if we eliminated all that what if we eliminated the ability to, to to share food with all of our friends you can't quantify that i mean what would happen 
I mean, what would happen would be you'd have a lot more feedlots, a lot more chicken farms, a lot more pig farms, and a lot less places for animals to roam because we have to feed this growing population. So I think it's important to consider that and to consider how important hunting is not only to our history and our heritage, but how critical it is to keeping ecosystems intact and protecting the future of wildlife. Yeah, it's true. Just the households that, you know, I know, uh, you know, my close circle, the amount of uh, cows and pigs and chickens you'd need to fill uh, to make up for the wild game that we have and eat in our freezers year after year. Uh, you would have to, yeah, you'd have to have a small farm just to feed my close circle uh, itself. And then, yeah, multiply that throughout the country and throughout the world then uh you become a whole different it's a whole different ball game out there as far as that goes so well that's i think interesting. i think the hard truth and uh, we're talking with dan cabela hard truths of conservation you can find it on the history channel uh, season one is up and season two is in the process uh the the hard truth is that you can be all you can be as emotionally distraught as you want you can talk and carry signs and yell and scream and paint yourself to look like a, a piece of lettuce whatever all that stuff is but the hard truth is it's it requires some real hard decisions it requires some work it requires feet on the ground it requires uh true conservation where you have to manage populations you have to manage where the animals are there is a lot of that and um and i just i'm so glad that uh that you're stepping into making these hard truths real tangible where they're you can see them and feel them by watching these episodes and uh man we just want to encourage you dan it's a lot of hard work we we, we get it but uh and high five brother that you're out there doing the hard work and uh and it's going to pay off and you don't have to win over everybody but we're you're going to win over some people and they're going to and they're going to realize what it really is what it really means to conserve our wild game populations our animal populations our lands and what that looks like so um Thank you for all the hard work, Dan, and thanks for being on the show with us today. And and we'll have you back when season two launches and talk about some of those episodes and uh, and what you see happening from the shows. I, I can't wait to see the impact the shows have on uh, the communities. Uh, I think this is a great tool for educational communities around the world to uh, to use. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what comes and. Uh, so thanks and Merry Christmas and uh, one last question. So does your family use an artificial tree or do you guys use a real tree? I knew we were going to go we, there. We use a real tree. It's it's a tradition yes. for us. And, um, <laughs> oh, yes. A real tree, I have to admit. All tradition right, well, and purity of it. <laughs> that's job well done. Well, thanks, Danny. Uh, Dan Cabello with Hard Truths of Conservation. Uh, you can find it on the History Channel. Season one is up and running, and uh, we want to encourage you to go there and find it. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back on the flip side. Thank you, bud. Thanks, Thank guys. You, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Whole lot more of the Outdoor Zone coming up next. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse, 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. This is Jeff Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody on the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back, regulators. It's welcome. the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. That's right. Brought to you by McBride's Guns. With the way society is pounding on our rightstone guns, it's imperative we support our local gun shops and the ones we trust with our constitutional rights. Yeah, it's McBride's Guns. They're family-owned and operated full-service firearm dealer. Whether you're looking to repair or modify your firearms, they've got a gunsmith on site right there to take care of you. Our friends at McBride's can get you what you need. You'll find McBride's in the same place it's been for years, right there at the corner of 30th 
and Lamar, you can give them a call. 512-472-3532 or check them out online, mcbridesguns.com. Because you know McBride's Guns, they're our hometown gun shop. Hey, this segment's also brought to you by our friends over at Sun Automotive. Sun Auto, family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. Each and every person at Sun Auto works hard to demonstrate they take pride in what they do and they want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime needs scheduled maintenance or repairs. Sun Auto Service has locations all around Central Texas. You can find one at 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown, and Lakeway, 1206 Ranch Road, 620. Just find sunautoservice.com for all the details and all their weekly specials, sunautoservice.com. Now it's time for your PETA report. They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's PETA Report, because we love animals too. They taste great. Of course, when you listen to the show, you know we try to make sure you understand that giving your money, especially this time of year, you need to know where and who to give it to, uh, or at least not to give it to the organizations that put themselves out there this time of year that are so poorly rated and and uh the two groups that we talked about over the last couple of weeks was PETA and the ASPCA two organizations that have a great marketing campaign and this time of year they gin up a whole lot of money from people who do not understand what their core mission is which is to get you to give them money so they can pay their staff high salaries and get volunteers to bury their feet in buckets of concrete or paint their bodies to look like a lettuce leaf. Um, but we wanted to come up with a couple of different places where you might want to give your money to, uh, to really support conservation and uh, a beautiful segment leading in with Dan Cabela into uh, giving. Now, if you're if you're a pet person and you just like, oh man, I I, I just want to help dogs and cats and you know pets that are on the street that are that need help. There are there are local shelters, your local shelter that. Typically, this time of year, they will have a we-need-this list. Dog food, blankets, things like that. You really want to make an impact? Go get that list. Go on their website. Give them a call. Find out what they need. And physically buy the things that they need for that shelter. That will make an impact on the pets in your community. Another one might be, uh, you think we got a lot of cat ladies watching the show? <laughs> hey, there are people out there that have cats. Well, do remember, remember the time that the uh, PETA representative emailed us? And so there's people listening. Yeah. They're listening yeah, for people that was like a, that. They had some tracking uh tracking thing where they scanned all podcasts for a track the tracking thing implanted in your head that they could uh, they track all the social all the website something that came across they track cool. it all as far as donating i mean kids outdoor zone obviously uh, a favorite that you know obviously special to this this house this this bunkhouse uh, but, um, also, also your, uh, there's a lot of, and, and something I didn't realize that we had in my community, there's a guy, a uh, husband and wife that I think it's every Monday they cook 400 hamburgers and they're good hamburgers and they hand them out for free. No questions asked. It's, you know, it's for feeding, feeding the needy. Feed the need. Is that uh, feed I the believe need? Is that feed the need? Feed the need? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if he's connected to a larger group or not, but it's, you know, in a small town, 
on the square, cooks 400 hamburgers every Monday night at six o'clock, and you can stand in line and get a hamburger. No question. You know, you don't have to prove that you're needy. You don't have to have a blue card, green ticket, any, you know, whatever. And, uh, and it's just a neat deal. It's just, it just feeds people, you You know, know, maybe you're having a hard time at work or you got, you know, you're, you're short on bills this month or whatever. You go down there, take the family and have a hamburger on the square in my little town. And, uh, it's just a, it's just a neat deal that he does. Um, and of course all my buddies, you know, we, we all joke, we're like, oh man, he does make a good burger, you know, which proves we've all stood in that line and eaten one of those burgers. <laughs> well, on Monday you know, night. he also needs you to come by and eat a burger and throw a $20 bill in his coffee can. Well, that's what I'm know, saying. There's some groups or a hundred dollar bill. There's people in your community and in your vicinity that have things like that going on that they do that I think is just awesome. So well, you're saying it, find it, the opportunity is what you're saying to give back. Yeah. There's all, there's local stuff as well. Yes. And give absolutely. Local. Give local, give local. And, and you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of companies out there that are doing, you know, big things helping out in big ways. And, you know, there's, the American Cancer Society and Wild Turkey Federation. There's a lot of organizations out there, good organizations, Kids Outdoor Zone that you can give to that you should give to. But I love, I love giving local. I love doing, you know, to the organizations that I see, and and it's the small organizations where you know what you're getting and you know that the work's getting done, and there's not, it's not top heavy with, uh, you know, like the PETA and ASPCA where they're paying, you know, half a million dollars or a million dollars a year and salary to, to a CEO who's, uh, you know, their job is to raise money, not necessarily the mission that they tell you. Um, but it's to raise money. You know, TJ, that place that you took us out in Smithville, what's it called? Sunrise cafe. It's mm -hmm. kind of a mission, man. That's a, that food tasted even better because you know that it's what you pay for it, which is optional, right? They don't give you a bill. You just donate right. money. They just say, pay what you want to pay, and uh, but their food is exceptional. And right. it's very good food, but you walk away going, you know, not, not only did I have good food, but I also know that this organization is helping those that are getting out of an addiction and really making life better. A the, local man. a local company here in Austin, Nile Maxwell Supercenter, those guys are big givers. And now's the time to go over. If you're thinking about getting a new vehicle, the wait is over. Truckloads of new Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams are headed our way at the Nile Maxwell's big finish sales event at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. All month long, we have the newest vehicles showing up in truckloads daily. And make no payments for 90 days. Enjoy the holidays for your first payment. Uh, your first payment won't be due until the 23rd, March 23rd. It's the biggest sale of the year. We've got the inventory right now at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. So come pick out yours today. This is the big finish event for the biggest discounts, best financing offers, and super center size selection. Head to the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. We sell more than anyone else. 621 A3 in Austin. Or visit online at NileMaxwellSupercenter.com. Coming up next, we'll uh, break down your armed citizens report. You get it only one place. It's the Outdoor Zone. We are live in the bunkhouse 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. This is Michael Waddell with The Bone Collector, and you're listening to TJ, Cody Ryan, and Beefsteak on the number one outdoor radio show, The Outdoor Zone. Thanks for being tuned in. Make sure you share us with your friends. The podcast is available 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com on all your favorite podcast platforms going back hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. 
well, practically hundreds of years, it feels like. Uh, something that I protect my family with and something I believe in is Altrua HealthShare. Finding affordable, top-quality healthcare options can be tricky for the sportsmen, entrepreneurs, and those who are self-employed. But Altrua HealthShare, they're a 501c3 organization that's been sharing in medical needs for over 25 years. They're not insurance. However, they offer a powerful alternative to traditional insurance and skyrocketing cost. Altrua HealthShare, uh, each uh, members contribute each month to a membership escrow, and then eligible eligible medical needs are then shared from that escrow account. That's literally how simple it is. It's, I mean, I can't put it to work, you know, I, I obviously can't put words to anything right now, but it's <laughs> literally that easy. You can find out how much you can save by going to myshare.org myshare.org uh you can actually do backslash cody myshare.org backslash cody and see a cool commercial we did uh altrua healthshare where we care for one another so now it's time for the armed citizen report today legal firearm owners are protecting themselves and their families across the nation these acts of courage and valor are seldom reported throughout the liberal media. The Outdoor Zone wants you to know the truth. This is the Armed Citizens Report for the week. Okay, so this one, Beefsteak, is going to be probably highly... <laughs> He's going to know all the story. He's going to know all the history about it. Two days before Christmas, 1927... Santa Claus walked into the First National Bank of Cisco, Texas, followed by several delighted children who had seen him on the street. <laughs> then Santa pulled out a gun and robbed the bank. Santa was Marshall Ratliff. The bank, despite its impressive name, was nothing more than a glass-fronted store. Ratliff and three accomplices stuffed their sack with over $12,000, but they were seen through the windows. The police and a number of armed townspeople arrived and began blasting away. <laughs> it didn't help that the Texas Bankers Association had made it known that they would pay $5,000 to anyone who shot a bank robber. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, only three people were killed, two of them police officers. Although there were at least 200 bullet holes in the bank, a plaque Scene of daring Santa Claus bank robbery recounts the details. Marshall Ratliff survived, but not for long. A mob angry with the phony Santa had been spared that the phony Santa had been spared the death penalty, dragged him from his cell in the nearby Eastland County Jail and hanged him from a telephone pole. <laughs> Out <laughs> Frontier Santa Justice. Baby. Don't mess with so, Texas. That's the day it was born. Don't mess it, with Texas. I was thinking, but okay, first of all, how did two cops die? Crossfire, I'm sure. Yeah. The, two, 200 rounds. Anybody, everybody <laughs> was trying to collect that 5,000 bucks. 200 rounds just inside the bank. Those weren't the ones coming out into the street shooting at the at the cops those guys must have see i think i think they were i think it was where they were all outside and shooting in they weren't there inside. ought to be a movie i don't know why they're in a movie on this i'm deal. sure there is Surely i bet there were there people is. running by just unloading their six yeah. shooters or they're on like, horseback yes yes <laughs> i've been waiting and a number of armed townspeople arrived. Just yeah. like, dude, there's a bank robbery. Grab your 30 odd six. Let's go. They just heard everybody 30 odd six. They heard everybody. Uh, they just saw dollar signs. That's all they saw. Uh, they knew they were going to make that five grand. No, I hit him. No, I shot him. No, I hit him. Wonder if they split the money. I I think what they needed to do is sounded like a town full of beefsteaks. They didn't hit the dadgum Santa Claus. They had oh. a big enough target. They had this giant red dot to hit, and they missed, apparently. Oh, my so, gosh. 
No, it'd be a make a good movie. Lately. I bet there were stagecoaches. In my mind, I see stagecoaches running by and people pointing out the window and unloading. <clears throat> people but how on do horseback. they know that that's that they're firing? That they're looking for a bank robber dressed as Santa. Well, how does word travel? How does word travel in uh, in Smithville? In the and they saw him. Yeah, I mean Smithville. And the kids or, ran out and said, "The kids ran out and said." It's not Santa. It's not Santa. I smelled cheese and beef. It's oh not the real he's Santa. Trying to, he's trying to quote a movie that he's 2014, a former, success, a former successful real estate executive who robbed a Sun Trust bank wearing a Santa suit two days before Christmas was sentenced to eight years in prison. A judge rejected Mark London's claim of mental illness and noted his detailed planning of the Port Orange heist. London 64 pleaded no contest to robbery and displaying a fake bomb during a felony. He also pleaded no contest to possession of Schedule 1 substance and possession of drug paraphernalia. London's getup was complete with gloves and included a pair of sunglasses. He walked into the bank carrying a blue pillowcase like the one that might hold presents, but he threatened that the wrapped gift inside contained a bomb. After he, after being laid off from his job, he sent out more than 100 applications and could not find a job, which he blamed on age discrimination. Each day I worked hard to find a job, not wanting to be forced to rob a bank. Although it was me doing the forcing mentally, London said he turned to bank robbery as plan B. <laughs> that's always that's always my plan b uh, he said the bank robbery was like a way to punish himself for not finding a job he chose the sun trust branch which was only about a mile from his house but the branch manager noreen brunson testified she was not fooled for a second by the santa wearing dark sunglasses who ignored a man who said something to him when he came in, it was just too bizarre the way he was dressed and acting. So I immediately pressed my alarm button. The robbery and hoax bomb charges were both second-degree felonies, punishable by up to 15 years in prison. Took him two weeks to find him. You know, now now you can walk into a bank with sunglasses and a mask on, and it doesn't even. I mean, that's like normal, right? And a hoodie, yeah. So yeah. I want to tell you, you may be surprised or not surprised, but I've got a full Santa suit. Just, not surprised. Just saying. It's got the and big that, belt and the big collar, white, fluffy, comes down. It's got the hat. How come you're not wearing that right now? <laughs> I should be because I don't want to get shot. You know, Santa and Buddy the Elf could have a pretty oh, wild man. We could Trip. go through downtown Smithville and just have a big parade. Cody could be pulling us with his tractor. I'm not a big, I'm not a big costume guy. Never have been. Like my dressing up at Halloween when I was a kid was in a suit carrying a briefcase as a businessman. <laughs> and uh, true, fact. my father, true my fact. father, yeah, it was. My father, on the other hand. Uh, wears Buddy the Elf costume when he goes on vacation in New York City through the city. He wears it. And uh, Beefsteak here is Santa Claus part-time on the weekends, first, third, and fifth weekend of the month, <laughs> and at his local mall. And, when he's not uh, naked in his hot tub smoking cigars. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I... Son, There's you're yet just not living reason. life correctly. I'm you are you right now. You are. Listen to the older guys in the room. We're telling you this now. Here now now. Just sit back for a minute, son. We're going to give you some advice. <laughs> the older guys find are you chime a costume. In a little bit. That's right. That fits you. You got to have some. Got to have an alias. You got to have uh -huh. your thing. Yep. It's tradition. It's Plan B. Make plan B your favorite. By golly. Plan B. Plan yeah. B is we're going to go to a break because that, that's plan A now. I'll tell you hey. what plan B is not. It's not that uh, you don't have a local bank. It is that you do have a bank, one that you can pick up the phone and call and talk to somebody that you know. Experience the value of community banking where local matters. Come join the bank of choice. For Austin, it's 
Keystone Bank. Keystone Bank, founded by our buddy Jeff Wilkinson and his team, operate right here in Austin, Texas. And that's why we're so invested in our community and its success, because we're a local bank. When you bank with Keystone, you get the local relationship-based service that sets them apart. They go the extra mile for you to help you get done what you need in your banking. Banking at your fingertips, anywhere, anytime, mobile app, everything you need, they have it. Um, to learn more or get started with a Keystone account, just visit one of the locations in person, 11,500 B Caves Road in West Austin, 500 Pressler Street in downtown Austin, 900 Hutchins Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas, or just go to the website, keystone.bank, keystone.bank for all the information. We'll wrap this whole thing up on the flip side. It's the Outdoor Zone live at the Bunkhouse 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, this is Cabela's Pro Clark Winlet, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Hey, tell Jack now that that ranch hand right there, he's <laughs> knocking it out of the park. I am very happy with Jack. He's he's getting things done for us. Jack is jack back. Jack of all trades. One thing uh you don't have to be a jack of all trades to do regular maintenance on your boat. I'm telling you, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And that's because I found partsview.com, P-A-R-T-S-V-U.com. They're an online one-stop shop for all of your boating needs. They have over 200,000 products. Last weekend, we got off the show. Did uh, By that afternoon, I was working on the boat and did the full yearly service on my boat. Uh, I got to still do the lower unit service, but I changed all the oil, the fuel filters, all that that came in the package, the little beautiful package that they send you from partsview.com. Over 200,000 products from the marine industry's leading brands, brands like Starbright, AFCO, Turning Point, Propellers. They've got OEM, Yamaha, Mercury, Suzuki Outboard parts and mare cruiser stern drive parts and products check them out online go see our new friends over there at partsview.com p-a-r-t-s-v-u.com um man i guess closing out this uh this year closing out christmas coming up in just a few days now i am been steadily working on the Christmas gift for my daughter. Um, she told is, me that she she told me that you were building her a yeah. treehouse. Yes, Aww. a treehouse slash playhouse. And of course, by uh, default, I have made a, a terrible a terrible mistake in the fact that um, I didn't want to just bolt on a plastic slide you know a green plastic slide onto this treehouse that i'm building uh or uh i didn't want to just buy a set of stairs and just nail on a pair of, you know a set of stairs on so i'm like manufacturing this hand chiseled uh ladder system that i was working on last night and uh and the slide i have um planned or i have a way that i am manufacturing a slide with two by fours and plexiglass and it's i've made myself a project that's for sure terrible idea i don't recommend it just buy a playhouse yeah. put it in your side yard and be done with it because <laughs> it's going to be torn up in another two years you won't have it anymore well that's oh, what man. i don't want to happen is i'm building something that will last for as long as i do it's going to airbnb later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that level yeah. i saw you know saw that's where i got the hot tub from you won't believe this story but you know by the time he wanted money for it but by the time i got done i convinced him that he should pay me to take it away but they were doing videos um for Whoa, like in mtv mm -hmm. yep. in their backyard Next. they had a treehouse back there you know not mtv but music videos and they didn't think that was a good look to have uh to have a hot tub out there 
So they decided to change things up a little bit. And you took the hot tub from somebody doing music videos in their backyard. Awkward. No telling what's been Better in that. Boil hot tub. that thing. <laughs> hey, beefsteak. Give us your quote. For hey, here's my Christmas quote. God never gives someone a gift they're not capable of receiving. If he gives us a gift of Christmas, it has become, it is that we only have the ability to understand it and receive it. That's okay. It. All right. Merry Christmas. Hey, this week's Bible verse comes from 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God. And everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. Live it, love it, learn it. I'm Cody Ryan. Same place, same time next year. All right. Hey, folks, want to encourage you this week. Get the kids off the couch. Take them for a walk in the park. Show them the birds, trees, heck, take them hunting, take them fishing. We don't care what it is. As long as you get them in the great outdoor zone, we're headed to church. Want to encourage you to find a good Bible-based church in your community somewhere. If you want to start an outdoor hunting and fishing ministry in your church, Go to kidsoutdoorzone.com. If you're looking for a place to donate this year where you know it's going to it's gonna be effective giving, go to kidsoutdoorzone.com. KOZ, no kid left inside. Uh, we are firmly caught up in the kids outdoor message here at KOZ, uh, the outdoor zone. Uh, so, and if you need a speaker, if you need something, just go to the outdoorzone.com and you can connect with us, the bunkhouse gang, base camp gang. Uh, Hey, if you want to, uh, we just want to tell you Merry Christmas. Uh, don't miss this time guys. Stay in it. Be present. Don't get, don't, don't let work get in the way of you being present with your family. Uh, and yeah, find a good church. We were at life Austin last week. We'll be at our little calvary baptist today and uh so yep take your family go find a good church and then go find a good lunch somewhere uh all right from cody ryan beefsteak um and the rest of the team myself tj granny we just want to say merry christmas god bless and regulators let's mount up